guys rock harder than ever. Oh my, it's a mirage telling you all it's a sabotage. Sabotage, yeah. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage to one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. I'm Ben. Today we're talking about season one, episode nine, Hell is Other Robots. So in this episode, there is no cold open. We go straight to the credits. Although I noticed in the uh, the credits that on the opening screen, it says uh, condemned by the space pope. You know, it's funny because I also noted that, that down. We've never actually discussed all of the different uh, things that they throw in that, that initial title screen. It's true. We haven't. And Condemned by the Space Pope, we both wrote that down for our notes. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty good. I kind of want a shirt that says Condemned by the Space Pope on it to go along with my Android Zoidberg t-shirt. That you're wearing right now. I tend to wear this on recording days, yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does it feel... Uh, do you feel that it's going to bring you any sort of extra Zoidberg luck? Uh, based on this episode, uh, Zoidberg is not very much in it, so I guess not. Okay. <laughs> or maybe yes. So we start the episode at Madison Cube Garden uh, at a show for the Beastie Boys, a 20th century rock act, rock rap act. I mean, in the current time that we're currently in, they're still kind of famous. Yeah, I was wow, going to okay. say, did you just explain <laughs> what the Beastie Boys I, are? I, look, I, I don't know who's listening to this. It could, in you know, look, in the future when this is archived and we re- play it for our children and our children's children and our children's children's children, they probably won't know the the magic of sabotage. They will. I don't know what I'm talking about. According to that Star Trek movie, it's going to be still pretty big in the future. So I think we're good. <laughs> okay. Sounds great. Yeah. So they're at a Beastie Boys concert um, for some old, old, incredibly old school beats. <laughs> that a bender asks everybody if they want something to drink. And then he you know, disperses it as, as if he was a keg, which is always a funny sight gag to me. The various things that he can do with his chest compartment uh, never cease to amaze me. Don't forget his antenna. And his antenna. He pushes it down and a lot of things tend to happen. Whether that's buttering popcorn, dispersing beer into a cup. I can't believe we're, I'm going to say this, but are we back in Ben's euphemism corner? I can't believe that Ben started the talk about Ben's euphemism corner. I'm so proud of you. Look, it was going to come up eventually. <laughs> I just I felt like I needed to head that one off uh, ahead of time. You had to head it off at the pass. Okay, so... I, that's not even a very good one. I regret my entire life <laughs> up to this point. Not your entire life. I don't know, maybe. You watched the episode. That was at least a good part of your life. <laughs> my favorite... Well, I've got a couple of favorite parts about the, the Beastie Boys concert. Sure. Um, the first part is uh when leela says they're busting mad rhymes with an 80 percent success rate and bender says 
I believe that qualifies as ill from a technical standpoint. I'm kind of surprised that there has not been such a like an app on iPhone or Android that can calculate this in a like live. I, <laughs> I excuse me. I'm going to. I, uh, oh, I, I think I've coded the app. Everyone, Ben didn't describe what I was doing, but I was coding it up. I was busy messing with your microphone because you're a loud, w- loud, loud boy today. I am a, I'm a good, good loud boy. I, uh, I coded the app that can do ill rhyme. All right, th- this gag wasn't even very this, funny. To this start gag, with. this gag's going nowhere. I, uh, uh, as just a PSA. Well, I guess not a PSA, but just a note for anybody that's listening. I have had a couple of beers at work today, so if if I lose uh, sanity in what I'm saying. Mostly it's normal, but there's a little bit that's a little crazy. They're hanging out at the Beastie Boys concert, uh, getting right. back on track. And they're partying like it's 1999. Again. Again. Uh, there's a mosh, an old-fashioned mosh pit. Old-fashioned. Going down. Uh, going up. Fry and Bender. Oh, Fry and Bender seem to understand how a mosh pit works and kind of like smashing in with everybody else. Leela doesn't seem to quite understand as well. It's more of a fist fight. She turns it into a fist fight, yes. The other part that I really enjoy, um, I mean, the, the mosh pit joke is uh, fine, I guess. Yeah, but fine. the other part that I really, really enjoy about this Beastie Boys concert is um, when Fry says, man, these guys rock harder than ever. And they do like this really like <laughs> soulful acapella version of Sabotage. <laughs> That's true. It was very, it's uh, very good. When I was a lot younger, I didn't, I, I didn't listen to the Beastie Boys um, when I was young and so anytime i think you were ready to fight for your right to party is the thing you had to wait until that you were ready for that i was i was pretty complacent on my right to party see but now we're older and we've we need we knew we know we need to fight for this that's a fact anyways (laughs) my my point was that i wasn't really familiar with uh the song sabotage so I'd always think of this version in this in this episode before I thought of the actual sabotage <laughs> song. And I just I love it so much. I, I, I love that anecdote very much. I love I love all of what just happened very much. It's very good. After the show they meet Fender. Fender. Uh, which is Bender's friend who is just a big, big Fender old amp. amp. Big old amp. And uh, he's hanging out with the band and uh, gets them backstage where they seem incredibly not interested whatsoever. In fact, they so much as say we're not really interested in meeting your friends, which uh, I I, I mean, I like that they're honest about it. It's true. I really enjoy how they how Fry like I loved your five albums. That's a thousand years ago. We have seven. It's like you spent a thousand years making two albums. I imagine it's hard to do when you're a head in a jar. Maybe. I, d- I don't know. It seems like a lot of time to be a head in a jar. And what? Wh- here's my question. What else are you doing as a head in a jar than rapping? Think about if Lin-Manuel Miranda was in a head in a jar, which is already a sad thought and a worrying thought to my own soul. But do you think he would not write Alexander Hamilton 2? This time it's Hamiltonier. Hamilton 2. This time it's personal. Yeah, see, yeah. And then he com- he comes in with like a machine gun and 
Wait, the zombie... <laughs> Z- zombie of, Hamilton, yes. Zombie Hamilton zombie shows Hamilton, up yeah. and... Okay. This this podcast is a Futurama podcast with many, many discussions of Hamilton. Yeah. It's Hamilton... It, 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 it is not Hamilton light. It is Hamilton medium. Yeah, remember when this was a, a Futurama podcast and not a Hamilton podcast? I don't. Fender takes bender into the back room for a little uh or the after re- party the real party and it's a bunch of robots hanging around what looks kind of like an electric bong yeah like what? a kind of a like an electric light hookah a lava lamp like bong a thing a lava lamp and a hookah had a baby and they're all plugging into it and Sorry, I had to, even i wanted to see what that was in my head together it was it's a weird thought. But you did because it's in the episode. I know, but the way you described it, I wanted to see exactly what you were... Oh, you want you want to see the... The the, the lava hookah. Okay. <laughs> All the robots are, uh, as they put it, jacking on. I love this term. It's so very, much. very good. It's a little rude, which is just fantastic. Oh, it is. It is very rude. And... Bender says that he doesn't really want to do it because it's uh, counterindicated by his operations manual. Sure, and uh, he which gets, is understandable as a robot, you want to you don't want to ruin that warranty. Mm-hmm. He gets peer pressured into it because it'll make everybody think he's cool. So you know, if it makes everybody think he's cool, he'll do it. It's true. It's it's weird that you know. First off, w- this is such a wild sci-fi situation that i can't even possibly consider how anybody in real life would have this kind of situation it's totally made up for 100 percent made up there's a great drug great it's a weird drug sequence psychedelic psychedelic drug sequence where he's dancing with electric eels and eating atoms and there's some like hippie sort of music going on yeah it's a pretty standard kind of like drug strung out psychedelic sequence that you see in most media when you go to you know talking about drugs and getting high and etc etc bender gets addicted to jacking on incredibly quickly um to in the plot which is weird because he doesn't have an addictive personality at all and then he instantly inhales both a cigar and a full (laughs) bottle of beer so maybe it works um he he gets addicted to it and it is found in the gutter by the the robot uh like uh priest. Mm-hmm. Is that the first time we've seen the robot I, priest? I do believe it's the first time we see the robot preach uh, preacher preacher preacher. I think I, okay. I don't know what his robot actual preacher. name is. Yeah, you'd think I, we'd know, but we're just dummies. It's a fact. I'll say it. I can say it for myself. I'm a hundred percent dummy. Ben is probably like fifty percent dummy, fifty percent smartman. I appreciate uh, that's the like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me that I'm only fifty percent dumb. <laughs> only fifty percent dumb. Uh, the robot preacher says that he needs to uh, take a look at the Good Book 3.0, which, which he is, holds out a, a floppy disk. Mm-hmm. Now you explained the Beastie Boys, or do you want to explain for our listeners what a floppy disk is? No. <laughs> no. Uh, it. I, I don't even know how to describe a floppy disk. I can the Beastie Boys are easy. They're like people. A floppy disk is a thing. I mean, a floppy disk was a it was basically like 
a crappier, less useful part version of a USB drive, which is also going to be outdated at some point too. So it, it, I'm, it's I'm worse just, than emailing yourself something. I'm just giving you crap because you took the time to explain the Beastie Boys. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's a, <laughs> maybe there's people that aren't clued into the zeitgeist. I don't know. And they they like Futurama, but they don't like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> So you're you're assuming that our target demographic <laughs> is the middle of the Venn diagram of likes Futurama, but doesn't like the Beastie Boys. I didn't say I calculated this. I just I decided to go with it. It was a mo in the moment reaction to what needed to be said, and also our audience would probably know what floppy disks are. Let's be honest. Okay, now you've you've got a point. Um, Bender's response to being preached to about the good book 3.0 while he's laying in the gutter while he's laying in the gutter as he says that do I preach to you when you're lying stoned in the gutter which is um, a fantastic line I had a, f- a friend a long time ago who like that was her favorite line in basically the whole series which I mean it's a pretty good line real good line yeah hard to disagree with that line other than whoop, whoop, whoop. back at Planet Express, they get a job to take a box of subpoenas to the mobster planet. That is correct. But before this, Hermes is giving a presentation about electricity usage and it's going skyrocketing. And everybody, and he immediately blames Zoidberg. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Which it's, it's very well implied that it's Bender. Also, we know it's Bender. That's called dramatic irony. Do you want to explain to our listeners what dramatic I, irony I want, is? I want you to explain to me dramatic irony because I'm not sure if I know it. <laughs> dramatic irony. I ir- know it, but I'm just... <sighs> that was a trap and I fell for it. <laughs> After the shocking graph about electricity usage, that is when they get the box of subpoenas to deliver to the mobster planet. Sicily 8. They make a real, real quick round-trip delivery, uh, but on the way back, they see an electrical disturbance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like the delivery goes pretty well. Uh, one of them, do- one of the mob- mobsters does give Fry the kiss of death, but-, but Fry thinks he was just gay. Did he use his tongue? A little. Bender really likes the idea of the electrical disturbance because it's like the biggest high he's ever going to have, I guess. I guess. He goes out on the side of the ship and he steers the ship directly into the electrical disturbance that Leela is trying to avoid. Hops up on top of the ship and gets struck by lightning so hard his legs literally melt. Yep, it melts directly into the ship. and The whole time, Fry feels weird. And it's he has his fry fro. Mm-hmm. I call it a fry fro. Well, he calls it that like season six when it comes back. Well, I called it first in this in the podcast. So therefore, it is a me, it is a me term. It is a mic term. Hashtag mic term. After they chisel Bender off of the ship, mm-hmm. uh, they confront him about his electricity abuse. The thing that I never noticed until I was watching this last night for the episode is because it's it's on the screen for just a split second, but there is a box that is labeled robot feet and thighs. No, no, robot legs and thighs. 
Oh, that's funny. because they because they yeah, I mean have to put they them, literally mm-hmm. need that. But like it's on screen for just a second. I have watched this episode <laughs> dozens of times, and I have never noticed that until just now. Well, it's that attention to detail uh, that this the show is known for to basically put on screen, even if it is just for a split second or a shot or whatever. Is just look. We we know you're gonna we we know you're gonna say things on the internet about this. We've we've got it. It's the see the box the box. They Done. totally have a box of robot legs and thighs. And why wouldn't you? They're they're things you'd have to replace regardless. Like they could wear out. They could get melted into the, your ship's hull. I mean, there's so many reasons. Mm-hmm. They confront him about his electricity abuse and uh they i don't remember everything they say all i remember is fry's uh thing about he's like man it's like that time it's like when my friend richie said he wasn't on drugs and then later he sold me my mom's vcr and then i found out he was taking drugs (laughs) uh uh, just as a warning to everybody there will be a discussion about fry's uh elastic intelligence again in this episode because this is fry at his dumbest and there will be Fry at his smartest. I think anytime you mention Fry's elastic, elastic intelligence, uh, the audience should drink. Well, I mean, they're not going to drink all that much. Unless you're listening to this while you're driving or at work or in any other compromising situation, that would not allow you to... Wait, compromising situation? I don't <laughs> like that. In Bender's lowest moment, he see, looks up and sees this sign for the Church of Robotology. Mm-hmm. And after initially deciding to try to jack all the energy out of that sign. Which he seems like he does. Or at least it, it runs out of energy. He then looks down into the church and sees a sermon going on. Same robot preacher as before. The window he's on just crashes and he falls into the church. And uh, he decides right then and there basically to convert to mm-hmm. the church of robotology. Well, he crashes in while right before he crashes the preacher is saying who will join me and come you know be part of this and then he crashes through and weekly says me so so he he converts um and uh founds religion which everybody assumes is a scam mm-hmm. because it's bender fry even asks if it's another scheme to get free yamakas which is i want i almost want an episode about the first one to get free yamakas why how why again that should have been the first futurama movie is bender's big score is like him (laughs) stealing a bunch of yamakas you know you would watch that i'm i want to write it i don't want to watch it i want to write it and then watch it i want to do i want to be part of it is what i'm saying because it's such an amazing story for no reason what would you do with them what would you do with them I don't know. Sell them? Like, but what, how does that get you any? I mean, other than money. <laughs> <laughs> they go to Bender's conversion ceremony. Uh, baptism. Uh, conversion ceremony. They call it a baptism, don't they? I'm he, just, I'm, I'm, I said what I said and I'm sticking to it. I don't care what they call it. Well, I mean, like, I'm going to be, I'm going with the source material, Ben. I mean, we have to play by the rules of the Church of Robotology. Anyway, I, I, this is a discussion I don't really want to have any, at all. I just want to point out that their, their like main sign, when you see in there, it says it's, it's basic code for 10 sin, 20 go to hell. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
it's it's kind of in that same like home go to or go, ten home twenty sweet thirty go to ten mm-hmm. where it's like home sweet home sweet home sweet home. Mm-hmm. I just love the the gag. Well, I like really any any time we get a Bender centric episode or really any sort of like robot centric episode. I feel like there's a lot of those little uh, programming. Yeah, jokes. just like that's that's where all the the like nerdiest computer programmer sort of jokes start coming out, mm-hmm. which means that they tend to be episodes uh, that I appreciate quite a bit. Spoiler alert: same. I am a programmer, so it makes sense. The other joke here that I really like is that in the middle of the baptism, the preacher says, "Press any key to continue," and a keyboard <laughs> slides out of his stomach. It's so so good i mean that's what i'm saying it's it's all these computer jokes that's because true, it's yeah. a it's a bender heavy episode um yeah so they the, bender gets back like lifted up and placed into high viscosity baptism oil and is therefore converted or baptized or however you want to say it he also gets a uh design welded to his chest i guess sure and at um, the same time he had a seam that needed to be touched up. So, he, mm-hmm. you know, if they were welding already. Might as well just do. After his baptism. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. Like, I'm not. I'm just saying. Bender gives up drinking. We we do see them celebrating at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And they go to dinner. The sommelier. Is that how you say that? Sounds perfect to me. Asks if he would like any fortified wine. Well, he hands him the wine list. Mm-hmm. And then what happens is he he takes it and puts it through his mouth and then shreds it basically, and we won't have any of that. And decides to N- go with none him. of none of that poison for us. That thanks. is correct. And then he goes with good old mineral oil, functional. <laughs> so much of this podcast is just us re- reciting the lines and then laughing at the lines again. It I. I love I love what we do. It's the dumbest, but I love it. Um, so he before all the food is served and everybody's ready to to dig in, including Hermes, who who does one of the sugarcane lines again, because I I swear to God I should have written them down, but I did not. Um, and then instead of eating, uh, he Bender decides to give a long, 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 long robot grace before dinner. At uh, I believe he he calls on the prophet uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiatic. Jeremiah, see, thank you. Somebody else wrote it down. Excellent. Um, which is is just reciting binary, which mm-hmm. at the end has a two. After the the long robot grace that ends with a two, he then lo- gives Fry a deep Mike style hug, and and has everybody line up for such hugs. And I say Mike style because Ben, you know my hugs. It's true. They are large and in charge. <laughs> I like the way you describe that, Ben. That is how I would describe my my hugs. I, 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 it's there's an art to a good hug, and I like to think that I have tapped into it at least a little bit. I still, obviously, I still have a lot to learn about those good, good hugs. But I'm working. I'm still working. But I'm, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm not expert level by any means. I have not spent whatever uh, ten thousand hours hugging. But I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> Because you have to spend 10,000 hours doing... I know, I know what you're... <laughs> that wasn't the part of the, the, the thing that I was having problems with. <laughs> Everybody's pretty creeped out by this new religious bender, to say sure. the least. And so they hatch a scheme to try to get him to leave the Church of Robotology. 
the idea being that if they can tempt him with sleaze, mm-hmm. their term, not ours, that he will be corrupted enough to uh, to leave the church and become his old former self. So they decide to take him to Atlantic City. A, a wretched hive of scum and villainy. Sorry to everybody that lives in Atlantic City that listens to the podcast. Most of the, the city does listen to this podcast, and I apologize for what I said earlier. They fake a delivery of a half-used thing of mints into a mailbox as pretense to go to Atlantic City with an intergalactic starship. Job well done. And then they say, hey, before we go, why don't we hang out at this strip club? And I like the strip club's name, the robot strip club's name, the Power Strip. It's a very... It's a very good... I noticed it, but I didn't write it down. But thank thank goodness you did, because it's a very important part of this episode. They also, also a very good name. They also point out that there's a woman walking down the boardwalk with a purse that is on a thin spaghetti strap that would be so easy to just snatch. It it barely looks like a strap. It lo- almost looks like a piece of yarn. Like, it doesn't even... It's not. It's like a fishing line. In fact, she even comes up to him and says, "Hey, could you hold my purse?" Yeah, this is at the the dramatic climax of the tempting phase, mm-hmm. uh, where Bender is like holding his head hands to his robot head and saying, "Ah!" And then smash cut to him dancing with a bunch of robot strippers, smoking a cigar, drinking alcohol, and with the stolen purse, just tossing out money like it's nothing. That's the Bender we know and love, right, Ben? Right. <laughs> Later on, he's in a hotel room in Atlantic City. I, I I hate to interrupt you, but before, as he is on stage with the strippers and what have you, he does take off of his um his chest the symbol of robotology and throws it into a big old ball of guac. As it sinks into the guac, it starts beeping and flashing. Later on, we cut to him in a hotel room in Atlantic City in a hot tub with three young. I guess, attractive robot women. I don't really know what would make a robot woman attractive. How but dare you, Ben? I get Fembot. Sorry. Thank you. He's hanging out with the Fembots and uh, trying to score, but there's a knock at the door. And Who he, is it, Ben? He opens it, and bright red light comes through the door, and a pitchfork comes in and whaps him on the head, and that's that. Well, what happened? What happened now, Ben? Tell me. Tell me, Papa Ben. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm trying to go for like the bedtime story kind of thing. Oh, I know. I got gotcha. you. Okay. You just didn't like it from the conceit. Got it. Then we see Fry and Leela the next morning. Mm-hmm. They have come to his hotel room, and there's just a big scorch mark outline of Bender's body, and it looks like it's been drug off, mm-hmm. dragged true. off, dragged off to uh, somewhere, and Nibbler catches the scent of vodka and motor oil, and so they follow it. Very distinctive scent. To a place called Reckless Ted's Funland, which was shut down after people caught Salmonella from the flume ride. These are all just facts being delivered to your earbuds right now. No judgment. They go to the House of Mirrors and they find a mirror with the same symbol that uh, Bender had welded onto his chest earlier. And they hit it and the the House of Mirrors mirror opens up and it leads into robot hell. 
Leela says, who who would have thought that there would be an actual hell and that it would be in New Jersey? Of all places. And Fry's like, well, actually. And then uh, the floor opens up beneath them and they're on this slide down into hell. And then the robot devil shows his, his face. Which I think this is the first time we've seen the robot devil I, as well. I would agree. And it makes sense to have the, the light and the dark in this episode. Um, the robot devil is... Um, Let's just say he really likes the dramatic. The uh, dr- dramatic and the ironic. Dramatic irony, which we discussed earlier. <laughs> That's a different thing. Is it now? You never described it to me, my friend. I'm not <laughs> falling for that one again. Aha. Um, so so um, the robot devil sings a song in which he uh, delineates uh, the different torture methods he will be using on Bender for the rest of his existence really the he calls them ironic punishments sure he he on level one he will be smoked like a cigar and on level two he he seems to have some kind of gambling torture where he's a, a big wheel that they spin and mm-hmm, they, like a, a chance wheel a chance um which which lands on deep fried this time i mean bender's been hot before so it like like temperature hot I'm not Ben. I don't know what your life is like. I don't know what <laughs> what what slash fic you're reading, but uh, level five is uh, having his hard drive scratched by the Beastie Boys, which we discussed earlier who they are and and where they where they have been from. Um, and it is funny to see them here again in Robot Hell. I do like that they get in on the song though, and they get a little like rapping into it. Like it's true. It's, it's pretty good. Cool. Yeah. Um, also, during the song, Fry and Leela kind of discuss what their plans are, and Fry is all scared, and Leela says, well, at least one of us will be spared. They land in hell, mm-hmm. and right after the robot devil finishes uh, his big climactic climax to the, the climactic climax is not a thing, uh, his climax to the song where he, he describes, uh, he says, enduring tortures, most of which rhyme. So ironic rhyming tortures, which is just a thing that I'm sure Bender would hate. I think I would hate that too. Well, I mean, what if it was um, rhyming ironic t-shirts? That just sounds like Portland. Oh, you're right. It is Portland. Uh, Yeah, it's Portland. uh, 100%. Um, So once Leela and Fry land basically right at the feet of the robot devil, they they see him and Bender tells them that, that, quote, they're tormenting me with up-tempo singing and dancing. The robot devil also tries to get them to sign a fiddle contest waiver. Which which Fry is very ready to sign. Without even glancing at it. Mm-hmm. Leela asks about it, and it turns out that there was uh, an act passed. Yes, the Fairness in Hell Act of 2275. Thank you. I was hoping you wrote that down because oh, I oh, missed I it. I love ridiculous and unnecessary details. They are allowed to engage in a fiddle playing contest for Bender. Mm-hmm. They, if they win, they will get Bender back and a solid gold fiddle. And if they lose, uh, a silver, small, slightly smaller silver fiddle. And, and I guess I'll kill one of you. Yes, him. Um, and Leela agrees to that. Um, before that, Fry. Uh, here we go it's time to drink everybody because we're talking about fry's elastic intelligence he recognizes that a solid gold fiddle would be heavy and sound awful which is you know true (laughs) 
So it's you're it's, not wrong. Yeah. So it's it where he was like a literal dullard before, and now he's like, I know what gold is like. It just doesn't. It doesn't. It just. It's like a yo-yo to me, man. And to our listeners, it is a, a drink of their choice, apparently. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I, I hope you enjoyed this discussion of Fry's elastic intelligence, and I hope you enjoyed whatever drink that you just sipped, chugged, gulped. They agree to the contest. The robot devil plays uh, some really, really good fiddle. Uh, mm-hmm. Granted, I feel maybe he cheats just a little bit because he gets two extra arms that pop out. So he's playing two th- notes at the same time on the fiddle. And it's weird and mm-hmm. pretty cool. But Well, it's the robot devil. He kind of it's, it's his home turf. Uh, Leela seems to think that fiddling is, has to be somewhat close to drums. Mm-hmm. She plays a few notes that sound like somebody is strangling a cat and very very bad she says time for the drum solo and just beats him out over the head with the uh the gold fiddle and then they run off with bender and the armies of robot hell start chasing them Mm -hmm. Uh, bender grabs uh wings off of i'm not exactly sure it's like a weird it's like a weird like hornet butterfly moth sort of looking thing like hornet would be generous to it It, i mean it it looks just kind of like a big moth but then it fires out of kind of like a like a halo well i know what it what it fires but it fires out of kind of like stinger oh okay like at the bottom so that's why i call it a hornet maybe i missed that i was just looking at it's like butterfly whatever butterfly wings they they chase after him and yeah he he uh Bender grabs the wings off of one of those, whatever mm-hmm. they are, yeah. puts them on and, and starts kind of flying up. And one of the the rings that the butterfly moth hornet things shoot out gets stuck on his antenna. And it looks kind of like he's an angel because he's got like the halo and he's got yeah. wings and he's carrying uh, Fry and yeah. Leela up. And then the soundtrack definitely doesn't let you miss this because it has an upswell of kind of generic churchy music and it doesn't look like they're gonna make it because they're going so slow and bender points out i could fly a lot faster if you drop the stupid gold violin <laughs> like oh right and so they drop it fly out of hell i love how he just like must have tuned out during that whole thing because he calls it a violin violins are fiddles i know but they've been calling it fiddles for like five minutes but they're the same thing i understand they're the same thing but you would think he'd use the same terminology you would be wrong mike he clearly does not well yes i am (laughs) wrong here but you'd think uh, that's why i'm saying it's funny it's it's unexpected they're flying over new jersey they say it's good to have bender back not too good anymore but would it kill him if he was maybe a little nicer Right, a little less evil, Mm -hmm. um, to which he asks, can you survive a 700-foot drop? And episode. Uh Uh-huh. With that, let's move on to grades. Grades. Overall, I really like this episode, but I think a lot of that goes back to what I was talking about before, where the robot-heavy episodes just have a lot of those little jokes for people like you and me who are really big computer nerds you get the 10 sin 20 go to hell thing you get the press any key to continue thing uh you you know you get a lot of those 
little jokes all throughout where it's just if you know computers, you're going to get this joke. And if you don't, it's, you know, going to be hit or miss. But I tend to like a lot of those episodes. I really liked Fear of a Bot Planet for that same reason. I, I recall I gave that a pretty high score. I think that's just my kind of episode. Um, I don't have a whole lot of bad things to say about it. Uh, I really like the Beastie Boys cameo. I think they're one of the, the really good guest stars early on, even if I didn't listen to them in my youth. Um, Sabotage. But yeah, I mean, overall, it's it's really good. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give it an A, just straight up. Um, it's it's a fantastic episode. Yeah, I think you touched on a lot of things that I would say as well. It's it's very good. It I mean, we're we grade it as our own personal perspective on it. Yes, certainly. Like there are people out there that would not uh, enjoy this kind of episode because it's, they're not very computer focused or things like that, and they. Ex- they kind of enjoy more of the intrapersonal alien kind of thing. Um, but as you said earlier, we're both kind of, not kind of, big nerds, big old nerds. We host um, a Futura- Futurama <laughs> podcast. If that doesn't make us a nerd. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what would. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, I I agree with you. It's a very good episode. It's It's got all the little touches you'd expect from a really good Futurama episode. It's got a a cameo which kind of works i i don't think it works as well as you do ben mostly because it's kind of i I know there have been better ones where like al gore comes in or something like that um spoiler alert for that one uh but i think it's a very good episode certainly and i would agree with an a absolutely before we wrap up this week uh we did actually get another email uh which i would uh, like to read for you all here please do this one comes from Jeremy. Uh, he says, "Longtime fan, first-time listener. Love the show. The show has been everything I need to return to the year 3000. Your comments and insights have renewed my interest in Futurama, but I have a request. Would it be possible to enhance the show recap with some random statistical facts for the show you are recapping? Here are a few brainstorms. A measurement of beers drunk per minute. Total screen time for Zoidberg. The number not of, enough. Not enough. <laughs> not enough screen time for Zoidberg. The number of planet Earths destroyed, etc. I'm sure you guys have way better ideas because who doesn't want everything boiled down to calculated cold mathematical stats? Well, I do. So here's the thing, Jeremy. Uh, you say that we have way better ideas. I disagree. Because total screen time for Zoidberg is a a very interesting statistic, I think. I agree. Because his screen time is wildly different in different episodes. Sure. Um, I mean, I don't have a, a running total for this episode, unfortunately. But, I mean, he's only on screen for like... At most a minute. At most. Um, whereas next week, uh, he plays uh, a lot more heavily into the episode. Sure. I feel like I need to just do a spoiler alert for that next episode. It's going to be high for, for me for, for, it's going to be a good grade. So unfortunately we don't have any, uh, really easy way to get those stats, but if anybody does, uh, feel free to email those to us because we would definitely be interested we spent this whole episode talking about how much we are computer nerds. I would like to see that data. I kind of, ex- I almost expect at some point when we're 
if we ever get to the end of the the entire thing, we can plot our grades against Zoidberg screen time and Bender screen time and just kind of like, oh, Mike really does like Zoidberg. <laughs> oh, Ben really does like Bender. Or maybe like there's a positive correlation between Ben and Zoidberg screen time. That's weird. So yeah, if anybody can get us those stats, um, please send them to us. Absolutely. And on that note, if you would like to get in contact with us, there are a couple of very easy ways to do that. You can always send us an email at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at backtofuturama. Uh, we are on iTunes. Uh, please rate and subscribe. It, if you can do that, it'll raise us up the the different ranks in iTunes and we'll, we'll, more people will be able to see it and we'll, we'll grow our this little silly podcast that we do. Which is important if we're going to get somebody who is uh, dedicated enough to catalog Zoidberg screen time per episode. Because somebody's out there and we want you. And that is going to do it for us this week. I'm Ben. I'm Mike. Goodbye, Goodbye from, from the world, world of tomorrow. tomorrow.